Before I begin, I just want to thank everybody who's uh, come to support me here in this, uh, my first Mass that I'll be assisting at as a deacon. I was just ordained a deacon yesterday, and uh, it's still very strange to be called deacon by everyone and to be actually putting my foot in the water, as it were, uh, fittingly, uh, putting my foot in the water of being an ordained minister. Um, so thank you, everybody who's come to support me, uh, my family, uh, all, the, all the 11 o'clock regulars at Our Lady of Lords, all the other regulars at Our Lady of Lords that came from a different Mass, and all the Bronco fans that came from the 6 o'clock Mass <laughs> so that you can watch the Super Bowl tonight. Um, see, football is bringing people to Mass, right? <laughs> it's full. All right. So let's talk about the Gospel um, this is a beautiful gospel, um, especially a beautiful gospel to, to get to reflect on with you all today. Um, first of all, just a little bit of background. Um, so in this, we hear uh, Luke's uh, version of Jesus calling the first four apostles. So Peter and his brother Andrew, James and his brother John. Um, so he calls these two sets of brothers uh, in this gospel. And it's, it's a beautiful thing for us to meditate on for our own lives to see how God calls us. Um, so these four, for these four apostles, who would later become apostles, they were fishermen. Uh, that's what they did for a living. They, uh, they, knew, they knew their trade well, and they did, uh, they did a good job at their trade. Um, so they, they were fishermen, uh, nothing more, nothing less. Um, and at that time, uh, they had just gotten back from fishing uh, that evening. So they would go out fishing. Uh, presumably the best time of fishing was at night. That's why they were out there fishing all night. So they had fished all night, and then they got back to, uh, got back to shore, were probably really tired, probably pretty upset. They didn't even catch a single fish, as Peter says. And they were washing their nets. They had to get all the seaweed off, had to clean off their nets, uh, and uh, were doing that, maybe grumbling a few words as they were doing it as well. And at that time, a traveling rabbi, a traveling teacher, uh, Jesus, presumably Peter had heard of Jesus before, um, and uh, Jesus was drawing a great crowd right next to them, and he was teaching the crowd. And Jesus used this as an opportunity to get a little bit closer to Peter and to also be able to speak better with the, with the uh, crowd. And so he asked Peter, said, let me step into your boat and just put out just a little bit from shore so that the people can hear me better, and so they don't keep on coming in and pushing me into the water. So Peter acquiesces, and he says, okay, get into my boat. And, uh, and so Peter's sitting there, again, probably tired. He's been working all night, but probably listening to Jesus. And, uh, uh, well, if any of us had a chance to listen to Jesus preach, we'd probably be pretty interested. Um, so he was listening to Jesus, and then Jesus said, uh, pushed Peter a little bit further. So he took a step closer to Peter and got into his boat. But he pushed Peter a little bit further, and he turns to Peter and says, let's go out fishing again. And what does Peter say? Peter says, Master, we have toiled all night. In the, uh, the version that I've, in, in my Bible that I was reading, there's an exclamation point after we have toiled all night. And so I imagine there's a pause. We have toiled all night. But at your word, if you're saying so, I'll, I'll go out again. And so Peter goes out with Jesus, and they go out, and Peter, again, I, this is my own imagination here. I'm imagining Peter's grumbling to himself, um, saying some not-so-nice words. 
he's a fisherman. So, <laughs> so I imagine he's grumbling to himself. He's grumbling, and he throws in the net. Okay, Jesus, if you want me to throw in the net, I'll throw in the net. See, nothing. But then he gets a pull, and he feels tension on the net, and not just any tension that he's felt before, but a huge, a huge catch of fish, so big that it says that the nets begin to tear. So they're used to this. They have nets that can handle this. But this is such a huge catch of fish that his nets begin to rip. So in excitement, Peter's calling over James and John, his partners, and saying, come, come, we, we need help. And so his partners come over. They somehow get all the fish into both boats, and the boats begin to sink. So this is the scene that we come upon, Jesus and Peter and James and John. And at this moment, Peter is overwhelmed. First of all, he's overwhelmed by this miracle, this amazing event that just happened. He got a huge catch of fish that was implausible, possibly impossible. He knew there wasn't going to be fish there. But this man, this traveling teacher, told him to go out and to go fishing. This is kind of like Babe Ruth, by the way, when he calls his shot, (laughs) right? So he calls it and he says, I'm going to hit there. Everybody says, no one's going to hit it there. Jesus says, go out. And so he goes out, and sure enough, there's the biggest catch of fish that he can imagine. And it begins to tear his nets, it begins to sink his boats, and he's overwhelmed. And at this point, and this is the important part for us that I want us to look at, Peter makes an amazing connection, a beautiful connection. He sees this miracle, which this traveling preacher, this man, uh, seemingly made, made happen. He sees this, and he connects this miracle with this man's goodness. And why does he do this? Because this is a miracle which can only come from God. So only God can be in charge of everything. Only God created everything. Only God can direct everything. And presumably he can direct a bunch of fish into a net. So only God can do this. This man must know God. This man must have a relationship with God This man must be holy. And so Peter makes this connection, and automatically what happens? Something very natural when we're confronted with great goodness, and we realize that we're not there. (laughs) When we realize that we are not like this, that perhaps we don't have this relationship that this man must have. And Peter probably wasn't a terrible guy. He probably had his, well, we know he had his faults. We read about him later in the gospel. He gets humiliated throughout the gospel. He's always impetuous. He's always speaking before. Uh, He thinks he's always thrown out there saying, Jesus, I'll never deny you. Then he denies him three times. He's always, he has these faults. And Peter realizes this at this time. He realizes there are things that keep me away from God. And I am not like this man. And that's why he falls down on his knees before this man. And he actually asks him to depart. He says, Lord, I'm a sinner. You can't be in my presence. And it's similar to the first reading, too, uh, by the way, when I think it was Isaiah um, sees the goodness of God, the holiness of God, and he's afraid, and he says, depart from me. And so it's the same deal that Peter is seeing right now. He's seeing, you are so much, you are so great, you are so good, and I'm not there. Depart from me. And so what, what does Jesus respond back Oh, before we get to that, have you ever felt this? 
Have you ever noticed where you are in relation to God? If you have, it's not a good feeling, (laughs) but it, it is a blessing because God doesn't want to leave us there, of course. He loves us just where we are, but he loves us too much to leave us where we are. And so he, he, it's, it's a blessing that we see this. It's a blessing that Peter sees this. So if you've ever felt this, if you've ever said, Lord, I am just not holy. <laughs> I told that person off uh, that was driving by me. Uh, that's a classic example, by the way, of a sin. Someone drove by me, cut me off in traffic, and I told them off. <laughs> so, but probably classic because we all do it. So if you notice yourself and where you're at, and where God is, and it's not a comfortable feeling because you feel at a loss, and maybe you feel a little bit despondent, and maybe a little bit hopeless, but it's at this point that we need to look at what Jesus said to Peter. So if we're ever feeling this, feeling, Lord, I'm just not where I'm supposed to be, I don't think I'll ever be where I'm supposed to be, I'm just, I'm just not the person you made me to be. If we're ever feeling this, we need to see what Jesus says to Peter. Jesus says to Peter, take courage, henceforth you will be catching men. This is a strange response to have. Jesus does not address the question that Peter has, which is, do you see this disparity, Jesus? Jesus just says, take courage, from now on you're going to be bringing people to me. We just made a huge jump there. That's a huge jump and it doesn't make sense at first. We're talking about Peter feeling so distant from God, and then God just saying, come on, you're going to bring people to me. You're going to share my love. You don't feel like you can love people? You're the one who's going to share my love so much that people are going to come to me. This has got to be really confusing for Peter. But it's at this point that Peter, asking himself, how am I going to do that? How is it possible that me, a fisherman, me who has sins, me who doesn't always live up to what I'm supposed to be, how am I going to bring people to you? And it's at that point that Jesus could say and does say, it's not up to you, it's up to me. I have chosen you, and you will do this. But not only you will do this, but I will do this. It brings to mind another gospel uh, passage where I believe it was Jesus rebukes Peter and says to Peter, you are thinking as human beings not as God. Peter is thinking of as human beings, not as God, just as he was when Jesus said, go out, we're going to go fishing again. And Peter said, we've been fishing all night. He was thinking as a human being. He was thinking, naturally speaking, this doesn't happen. We don't, we don't catch fish. But supernaturally speaking, according to God, the way God thinks, God says, I'm in control of everything. If I'm asking you to do it, then I will do it. And that is the case with us as well. So if you've ever felt this disparity between who God made you to be and who you are, take courage. That's exactly what Jesus said to Peter. Be not afraid. Because the God of the universe, universe, the God who made heaven and earth, this is the God who is in complete control. And he is the same God who is not just the God of the universe, but he is our God. I don't know if Father Brian has mentioned it before, but I've heard many times before that this is one of the uh, most scandalous things in our Christian faith from, other, from the perspective of another religion, 
Another religion says, you're talking about God. God is so far beyond us, and he is. But we also call him our Father. We call him our God. And we can do that because he came down to us in Jesus. And he came to be with us, to suffer with us, to live out our lives with us so that he can take us back to be with God. And so rightly we say, our God, which is something that I don't believe anybody else can say based on their theology. So this is the God who will close the gap for you. So take courage, take heart, and like Peter, hear from Jesus that he will do it.